Let's spread a song so you can sing along with my special guest star two. You like to sing and dance, and this podcast by chance explores musicals for you. Welcome back to another episode of Life's But a Song, a podcast that likes to live in the land of musicals. I'm your host, John, and with me is a special guest whom I haven't talked to in like six years. He's a theatrical (laughs) employee based in Kentucky and hosts the podcast Anecdotal Dote. It's John Seidenberg. Did I mess up your last name? (laughs) It's Seidenberg, but you got most of the consonants and pronunciation right. Damn it. Yeah, but there's the, there's the I and the E and then the dead. I was just like, I'm going to. I even asked you three seconds before we recorded. Oh, God. It's okay. There's a lot of pressure because we're talking about a, an intense episode. So, like, the pressure is on already. Yes, yes. You You came to me to say, hey, I'd like to do Once Upon a Time, the musical mm-hmm. episode, which is season six, episode 20, The Song in Your Heart. I'm not going to lie, I stopped watching this show at this point, like, way before this point. (laughs) So, I went in cold on just this episode, so a lot of what's going to happen is, you're going to have to tell me what happens, yeah. Well, that was was the one thing, re-watching that episode, because I have not watched it since it originally aired. And so, when I went to go watch (laughs) it this week in preparation, I was like... There's a lot of context missing if you were just jumping in cold for this particular episode, which is stupid yeah. because this was a sweeps episode. Like, like anytime you do a musical episode, I feel like it's a sweeps thing to get viewers. So if people are tuning in for the musical, but they have no clue the context of like, because there's the the final battle, there's all of these other villains and all these other subplots going on. It's crazy. You have, <laughs> you have a wedding. Like, yeah. I think I stopped watching it around season three. So again, which I, I believe is Peter Pan. I don't remember. Honestly, I think Mulan was just introduced, and then I was like, I got busy. <laughs> <laughs> well, you didn't make it in time for the Frozen year, which was where I started mm. to like question the show because I was like, this corporate synergy is only going to go so far with me, and. Um, <laughs> Uh, I did finish it to the very end. I did watch this show. I was a completionist, and I watched it to the very end. (laughs) God bless you. Usually I'm a completionist, but, I mean, it's been on my radar to, like, want to watch it. Mm. But then, obviously, then something else comes along that's new and shiny that I'm just like, all right, once, sorry. Well, I've got to say, watching it again... I And I don't know because I have been – recently I've been watching a lot of HBO shows, and I don't know if it's if it's just the fact that I've been watching a lot of really, really high-quality writing and production value or if I was just really naive back in the day. But I was like, this show is not as good as I remember it being. <laughs> well, no. I mean, I I remember that the CGI was always just like – a little low budge. Oh yeah, I'm like, yeah. Di- I'm like Disney. You mm-hmm. have the money, and oh, yeah. then um, nowadays, it's interesting because like, I, I'm I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm a fan of Riverdale, and mm. I I know it's a soap opera. So like watching things, I'm like, oh, this is really a soap opera. 
Mm. Not a primetime show, as people yeah. like to call it. It's a primetime soap. Uh, mm-hmm. So watching this episode, I was just like, the soap opera of it all. <laughs> <laughs> so the song in your heart, some background before we get more into our thoughts and feelings. Uh, the show was created by Edward Kitsis and Adam Horowitz. You know, let me put on my glasses. I'm blind as a bat. <laughs> Edward Kitsis and Adam Horowitz. It's written by David H. Goodman and Andrew Chambliss. Uh, music and lyrics are by Zach, uh, Alan Zachary, Michael Weiner, and Mark Isham. Uh, directed by Ron Underwood. It premiered May 7th, 2017. And according to IMDb, in a flashback, Snow makes a wish that causes everyone to burst into song, infuriating the evil queen. In Storybrooke, this wish comes back into play as Emma and Hook prepare for their wedding, and the Black Fairy announces her plans. Oh, my dear sweet Jesus. Well, I will say, in once they announced they were doing a musical episode, I became obsessed. Because I was like, like, of you know, like, Grey's Anatomy is always the one I go to of, like, just a random decision to have a musical episode in that show. But like, it's, this is fairy tales. Like this is, this is high, like high drama. It's a perfect blend in my mind. I mean, it's Disney based Mm -hmm. off of their uh, animated movies. Mm -hmm. It's, and it's fantasy. So it's calling Mm -hmm. for it. Right, exactly. And so I was so excited. And any any bit of press, any video clip, anything I could look at to like prepare me for the musical episode, I did because I was so excited. I will say, um, I'll save that for later because it's a really embarrassing admission. Um, but I will say the uh, uh, Mark Isham is also he does the he actually scores the episodes as well. Yes, I wrote um, that down. Yeah. So that was a, that was a really nice. It was really nice to kind of the the flavor of the <clears throat> the music in the musical really matched with the the music of the show too, which was not always the case. I don't think. So my resources basically are IMDb and Wikipedia. If I don't cite them, sorry. But <laughs> uh, this one I got off of IMDb. The musical episode was supposed to be in season three, uh, but it was going to be too expensive, according to Jane Espenson. Now, have you ever heard of that name before? Jane I have Espenson? not. No. She writes everywhere. She's been on Buffy. She's been on Angel. She's wrote, written for Gilmore Girls, Battlestar Galactica. She was the showrunner for this show for season three. And I don't know if she was any other seasons. So, like, she's around... The, the the major one is like Buffy, so she mm-hmm. wrote around the musical episode of that of that show. Um, mm. I like to compare things to that one because <laughs> this is like my fourth or fifth musical episode of a TV mm. series that I've done. Second time not knowing anything that's going on, so I'm going to ask <laughs> you a lot of questions. But like, it's very fascinating. Usually, the number of songs that are in the show. This one has eight. It's this is about average. I mean, mm-hmm. the Riverdale ones have like seven or eight as well, or nine. Um, Buffy though had like thirteen or something ridiculous. Like oh that. wow, wow! If you think about it, it's a lot. But this one, uh, there's only like two songs that like kind of 
they bleed into each other and that's the queen sings mm-hmm. and love don't stand a chance mm-hmm. oh my god Whew. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy well, it's funny because apparently when the when the the music lyricists when Alan and Michael were working on when they were when they were presented the opportunity to do the music they were already fans of the show their goal was to try and take the skill set of the performers and make the songs fit whatever their vocal um, aptitude was and so. Um, which I I think kind of works because they were they were saying that like for Lana Perilla uh, who plays the Evil Queen they were going with like because she has a lower register and she's not like a belty big singer like they went for more of a um, David Bowie type sound for okay, her yeah um, and then it's it is really funny because this is um, oh gosh what is her name oh god it just fell out of Jennifer my head Jennifer Goodwin. I'm, no uh, uh yes yes thank you jennifer goodwin she was not a singer before this and i right. to me she's the strongest female vocalist in this show <laughs> and she had not sung before this so while watching this you know i do a lot of i, I do a lot of uh different types of uh musicals you know from back in the day to recent and everything where mm-hmm. the recent ones you have they, they have the actors actually like train and sing and all that mm-hmm. but watching this episode i was just like is that really jennifer goodwin singing or is that no some- it really was yeah everyone it- everyone sings everyone is their own voice which i think explains why some people sound really good and some people you're like why did you give them a song <laughs> well colin o'donohue who plays hook oh gorgeous voice gorgeous josh dallas voice. gorgeous voice uh, I looked it up. So Jennifer Goodwin actually did sing before this episode. She voiced a character on Fiona the First, oh. where she has quote unquote little singing in that. Um, and she lies in one of her interviews because well, well, I'm if, so mad now. Well, I mean, if it's one thing if you're like singing a ditty for like a kids show, mm. I feel like, and then That's it's true. another if you're like carrying a show on your back as well as leading a song or doing a that's duet. true that's true colin o'donohue was in the dust storm which i think was a movie uh and he was also in the band called the enemies oh jared gilmore who plays henry sang in an episode of mad men because he was on for like a season or something like that mm-hmm. I'm not even going to try and pronounce the song because it's French. And as we know, I cannot pronounce anything. <laughs> Giancarlo Esposito, who I forgot was on the show. I know. I know. He <laughs> pops up everywhere. Everywhere. He is the television version of Gary Oldman. Yes. <laughs> yes. He plays the Magic Mirror for those of you who forgot like I did. And he was on The Get Down. That remember the Baz Luhrmann TV oh, show? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And then Jamie Murray, who plays the Black Fairy, was on an episode of a show called Eli Stone. Now I haven't covered it yet. I'm still waiting for somebody to pick this. <laughs> Eli Stone. It was very similar premise to like uh, Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist that oh. happened like 20 years ago. Hmm. So I'm not sure if she sang on that episode, but. She was on an episode of a musical show. Hmm. Uh, which I'm surprised she didn't really sing in this. Or did she? No. No, she doesn't sing. Yeah. 
That's the then. And the, uh, I was reading on IMDb that uh, the the actor who played Rumpelstiltskin is actually like an accomplished singer, but he was just like not going to sing this episode, guys. That's my that is my favorite fake out. I think of anything <laughs> like the fact that they have the starting music of him and he does the big flourish with his body, and then he's like the dark one doesn't sing. <laughs> I love that moment. I, I that was my big laugh out loud moment when I rewatched it. So you said you were like a fan, kind of at the beginning. I was a, I was a massive fan of this show. It's so funny. My time hop all the time, especially like it. I know I always know when it was a Sunday night on my time hop because it's always once upon a time tonight was amazing. Oh my gosh, what plot twist tonight? That's all my Facebook and Twitter and all all of my posts. We're about once upon a time. I was obsessed. And then as I started watching other shows, I, I still watched it, but it, I was not invested in it as much as I was in the first half of it. One of my questions that I wrote down is Emma has powers. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Since she's the savior. Um, so, okay. uh, since she's the savior, she has these powers. And so part of the, like throughout the series, she like starts gaining these abilities. Obviously, she's not an equivalent to a fairy tale character, right? Well, she's because I mean, she's charming and Snow's daughter, so she is of the fairy tale world, but she is not based on an actual character from fairy tale world. So then, all these powers are just something that the creators made up, right? As a right. MacGuffin of sorts, right? To like film in, <laughs> right? <laughs> That was a, we need, we need a plot fixer. What can we do? Let's have Jennifer Morrison do whatever we need the plot to do. <laughs> God. So then another question I have is like, obviously she marries Hook. Like, was mm-hmm. he, wasn't he a bad guy? Is he a bad yeah, guy? Well, well, that's, that's one of the things I really, I enjoy about this show because the, the creators have always said this show is about hope. And so even when they show like things in a hopeless situation, they always like to end hopeful, which is why a lot of times it ends with like a really happy, sappy, you know, grossly sugary ending. And so when Hook is brought on, same thing with Lana Perilla's character, the evil queen, they both are like Lana Perilla the evil queen is is the villain for for most of the first half of the series and then over the course of the show she has this beautiful character arc of her becoming like a really really good character and being in my mind like the best character on the show um and same thing with with uh with hook it was he came on as a villain and then over the course of the series he started becoming good yeah cuz i mean i know i I remember, like I said, watch. I watched the first two seasons. The first season was that, like, they don't know who they are. Right. Um, and then and that, magic doesn't exist in Storybrooke. Right, but only um, uh, the evil queen knows that, knows and, everything. Well, and, and Mr. Gold, Rumpelstiltskin. Both, ah. and, but you don't find out that Rumpelstiltskin knows until about halfway through the first season. I will say, I do think the first season of this show is a very, very strong, like, it's a very good season. It's, uh, it's like, it, the writing, the them slowly unveiling things, some of the twists and turns, like, there's just some beautiful moments throughout the whole first season of the show. And then, I don't even remember this, the second season, I guess, is them 
coming to terms with everything that happened. Right. And then you've also got um, the evil queen's mother, the queen of the queen of hearts, um, her. Right. Cause then they started doing the Wonderland. They, that was when the right. spinoff happened. Of right. Wonderland. Oh my goodness. Which that's really good too. The it's only one season, but Once Upon a Time in Wonderland is very good television. Maybe I will actually like Although I would to... like to add the disclaimer, I thought that this musical episode was absolute gold until I rewatched it. So maybe take that with a grain of salt. My memory says that these were very, very good. <laughs> I mean, I, I know it's like kind of garbage TV, but not as bad as like like real, some reality shows out there. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. If it's if it's between this and keeping up with the Kardashians, definitely go yes. have fun in Storybrooke. <laughs> I read that Colin O'Donoghue, you know, our favorite, our fan favorite, broke his foot during a stunt in Revenge is Going to Be Mine. Oh and wow! Filmed, and filmed the rest of the season with a broken foot, especially the dance portion at the end of this <gasps> episode. I had oh my gosh! Right? Wow. Well, the you know the sad thing is that the choreography in this episode is awful. So <laughs> to go so out true. on that, well, that was that was the one thing I was like, I was like, if like I the one of the worst things in this episode is the staging that like they clearly did not have somebody who is a musical theater person involved because the musical staging is like in every song in powerful magic when the when the handmaids and stuff come in it's like it's clear somebody had like watched their wife or their husband watch a a movie musical and they're like (laughs) oh i think i got it now and then they tried to incorporate that movement into the show but it was like they clearly don't understand how musical staging can like help advance the plot and can help the storytelling aspect of the song and then the handography of the evil queen oh yeah and it's like "Mm." When the cast is clearly like giving it their all and they're having lots of fun doing it, but it's like it, it, oh, like I, I've seen, I've seen high school plays with better staging. And then we haven't even gotten to her yet, but like, what the fuck is the Wicked Witch of the West doing on the show? This is this I I don't know this for sure, but this is that when I was talking earlier about they they had to take the abilities of the performers and create songs around it. I think they were like, oh, um, Zelene, the actress who plays Zelina, Rebecca Mader, is she can sing, so we've got to give her a song. I that like that's what I in my mind that's what I think happened is they were like, who can sing? No, but like it seems like this isn't her first episode. Like she's been oh, on no, no. for a while. Oh yeah. She's, she'd been on for quite a while at that point. That's more what my question, like, what is she doing here? <laughs> well, she, yeah. So it's um, after, after uh, starting with the third season, I think, and maybe it's the fourth season, they started cutting, epi- they cut, started cutting seasons into halves. So before winter break, they, it would be like eight or nine episodes. And then post winter break in the new year, they would do eight or nine more. And each one of those was broken up into like mini seasons where the first one they would go to, you know, Neverland, and it would be them dealing with Neverland characters. And then they would go to Oz, and they would deal with Oz characters. And so they would jump around, um, you know, for eight or nine episodes with each with each group of people. Like I said, the first season, there's so many fun connections and surprises and all of these things. And, and like, you realize that um, 
Rumpelstiltskin is the beast in the story of Beauty and the Beast. And so Belle is Stop. in love with and it's it's gorgeous. That whole story is so gorgeous because it's it's like you don't realize what's going on and then you realize he's the beast and it's like this heartbreaking it's so well done but then they were like oh everybody likes these connections so now let's make everybody in storybrook have some sort of blood relation to everybody else and so every time that you like in neverland peter pan is mr gold's father is rumpelstiltskin's father the black fairy who we meet in this episode is his mother you realize that Zelina, who is the Wicked Witch of the West from Oz, is Regina's sister. Uh, the Queen of Hearts is Regina's mother. So it's literally every villain and hero that is a main character or villain throughout the series has some sort of familial DNA <laughs> with the main characters of the show. And then what's up with Henry? I mean, I remember that he was... Yeah, so Emma's Henry son. was was Emma's son. Emma ended up giving him up for adoption, and he was adopted by the evil queen uh, unknowingly. Well, somehow Henry and he, uh, well, Snow ends up giving him the this fair this book, this storybook uh, that's Once Upon a Time that has all these detailed stories of the fairy tale characters, and that suspiciously look like all of the residents of the town. And so he <laughs> develop he somehow figures out that his mother that his his adopted mother is the evil queen and then seeks out his adopted mother brings her to storybrook and that's kind of how that's that's what happens in the pilot of the show seeks out his real mother you mean yes yeah yeah okay because you know i read that like this isn't the last season of the show but it was for a lot of the main characters yeah in season seven it reboots um and it Basically, cool. it's literally almost a complete remake of season one, but instead of it being in Maine, which is where season, where Storybrooke is, it's moved to a, a suburb of Seattle. Because clearly so they, that ended well for them. Right, so they just shifted. And um, like uh, Robert Carlyle, who plays Mr. Gold, Lana Perilla, who plays uh, Regina, Rebecca Mader, um, there's a couple of actors who jump who continue on to the new season but most of the most of the original cast don't show up until the series finale but like there were moments in this episode that felt like last season moments right right when it's i i think they had they knew that they were coming to the end because like i know jennifer goodwin and josh dallas they wanted out they were done and i knew jennifer morrison who played emma she was done as well so they were kind of they were like, if we don't come back, this will be a good season, like a good series finale. But if we can come back, then we're going to have this refreshing reboot of the story. So that's kind of what happened. I wish they would have ended with season six. I did enjoy season seven, but it, like I said, it's it's almost a complete like reshoot of season one. I'm going to be sacrilegious right now. Did you watch Buffy the Vampire Slayer when it was I did not. out? So season five had the same vibes. Mm. It, it had a lot of like ending things. And then, I mean, the show is old enough. I'm going to, I'm going to spoil it for you if you haven't watched it already. I've not, no. So Buffy dies at the end of this season. And then mm-hmm. like, it's very dramatic. She saved the world and blah, blah, blah. And then they, they were, they got two more seasons. And it was like, no, luckily though, we got the musical episode finally, mm-hmm. but like, like that was a perfect ending, you know. Right, right. 
I feel like if I finally saw the epic battle between the the Black Fairy and Emma, I'd be like, this is the perfect ending. Well, if Buy I'm more. <laughs> it, yeah, well, yeah, I mean, the next two episodes, it's a two-parter. The last two episodes, this is the this is technically the penultimate to the finale of this season. Um, and the, the finale, it, there's not like a, if I'm remembering correctly, there's not like an actual fight. It's they wake up in like this alternate version of the Enchanted Forest, if I'm remembering correctly, where like Emma forgets that she's the savior and like I'm I'm trying to remember everything that happens in it because some some things are some things mirror each other when it comes there's so many curses that are cast on this town like <laughs> the poor I'm just imagining like the guy who runs like the gas station who's like this is my 16th curse in three years <laughs> and I just woke up remembering I'm the gingerbread man like right <laughs> so I've got that trauma I've got to deal with. <laughs> And nobody moves. Nobody leaves. <laughs> right, right. Well, and yeah, and it's, it's yeah, because it's, it's also that thing of like, in the first season, it's like, it's hidden from the world. And you can't get it. No one can leave. Nobody can come back in. But then when the curse is lifted, they don't really, like, people can, like, they go to New York at, a, at one point. They go to, like, different places, Boston, other places. But it's never really explained, like, is Storybrooke, like, accessible now it kind of is like they they never like are firm with like the rules of of some of these curses so in this episode you've got what's her name uh the wicked witch of the west has her own song called wicked always wins Mm -hmm. where she's reveling over the fact that her sister is like having some weakness and some Mm -hmm. self-doubt and they both talk about Rumpelstiltskin's choice. Like, yes. He chose the Wicked Witch, you know, he chose the Evil Queen over the Wicked Witch. What was that choice? Was it to, like, curse the so, town? Well, no, it was when, um, and there's so, <laughs> there's so many, um, uh, retroactive fixes and rewrites that they have to do because, because they, like, set a timeline and then they, jumble it up with all of these other side characters and side plots so then they have to go back and retroactively fix a lot of things so Rumpelstiltskin trains the evil queen like it hones her ability to use magic and so you end up finding out later when we're introduced to Oz you end up finding out that they're sisters and that uh Rumpelstiltskin chooses to train the evil queen over the wicked witch of the west and so that her um her envy is what turns her green. You know, green with envy. Shut, you shut up right now. I swear to God, that's you true. Shut up <laughs> right now. That's it's literally her being envious is what turns her green. So wait, is there a third sister then? Because I don't uh, believe so. Because uh, if we're going by lore of um, Oz, the Wicked Witch of the East is the one that Dorothy's house lands on. And the, she's sisters with West. Well, they, I don't, I, it, I will, I don't know if you get fan checked or not, but I may get fan checked on this. I am not. Nobody 100%... listens to this. Okay. Okay. Great. Okay. So we can just, <laughs> we can just shit on everything right now then. Fuck yeah. Okay, and great, and awesome. if this is, and if this is the episode that somebody corrects us on, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> 
That'll be that'll be my luck. Is your first episode is me talking? I want to say though that the witches in the L. Frank Baum series, I don't think they're sisters, or maybe maybe they are, but I I don't think in Once Upon a Time, I don't think I don't think that. I th- there are definitely there's like a witch of the north, witch of the south, witch of the east, witch of the west in in Oz in Once Upon a Time. But, but they're, not- they're not they're like a sisterhood. They're like a coven sisterhood, not an actual not blood. blood Got it. OK, because, you know, I was going to say if they're going by source material, which would be the movies, mm-hmm. not the books themselves, because right. obviously for the looks of like Belle and Cinderella and all these other characters that have that I remember seeing images of. Right. They went by the movie version of it. Right. And in the movie Wizard of Oz, the Wicked Witch of the West says that that's her sister. Granted, right. doesn't specify if it's like her coven sister. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, who knows? We could be talking out of our asses. I did also read um, did you notice that like we're missing a character, one of the main characters of the season? Bell. Yes. So Emile de Raven, I'm, I hope that's how I pronounce her name. Um, she asked not to be in the episode because she didn't feel comfortable singing. <laughs> well, if only a few more of the cast members had agreed to that stipulation. Well, I also read that like the cast had, I think you kind of touched upon this, but like the cast had to do a quote unquote audition mm-hmm. for it where they sang for Alan and Michael mm-hmm. to, I guess, like, get their voice type. Right. I don't know. But all of a sudden, when they're singing in um, the real world, mm-hmm. quote unquote, I'm just like, what is this show? Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's, like, they, again, like, with the breaking of the rules and stuff, that was another thing I noticed when we were watching it, because, like, it makes sense for Emma to sing her song, because it's the song inside of her, which I will say, one thing I did love, I hate Jennifer Morrison is so head voice throughout the whole thing, that it it completely, it it's, it's, I don't like the way she sings the song. I like the idea of the song. I don't like her performance of it. But the theme of like the melody of that song is her like that is the once upon a time theme. And that's like her melody that throughout the whole series has been playing. So like marrying that with her song was a really, really cool move uh, to hear like lyrics to that for the first time. But that's the only time in the real world they sing. But then we throw all of the rules of like singing musically out the window for the finale. And it's like, all suddenly half of Storybrooke is on a roof and they're all singing and there's not a curse. They've all just decided to start singing. So it was like, uh, we're breaking our, we're breaking our reality rules here a little bit. Well, I mean, it's a joyous occasion. (laughs) Yeah. You don't sing at weddings. I mean, uh, I, not unless I'm being paid, so no. All the weddings I go to, you know, we all bust out into a choreographed number. I'll do a ludicrous song, but I will not do a choreography and I will not, like, sing a show tune. Oh, damn it. You you, you, you start playing fantasy, though, and give me a microphone and just step back. <laughs> <laughs> just, well. just take a minute with that image and this voice. With this reedy, nasally, twangy voice. Oh my god, I'm so happy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the ludicrous song. 
Luda! <laughs> oh my god, Josh. This is the best. This is the best. Ooh. Yeah, but like, they needed... You have to... You even mentioned it. Like, they have to have the sugary sweet... Yeah, um, of course. ...moment. So, they have to have the joyous, happy, five-minute-long number... That then is broken by like the black fog or smoke mm-hmm. or whatever. That Which I have been holding this chip on my shoulder since whatever year this stupid episode came out. 2017, baby. Thank since you. Since 2017, I have been holding this on my shoulder. Let it off. And I feel like you created this podcast just so I had a platform to complain about this. I did. So, yes. so, so, so thank you before I air my grievance, but it wasn't when I rewatched it, I was like, like the anger came bubbling back up again. And I was like, Oh, God damn it. So the end of this episode, they're singing like happily ever after this is a happy beginning now is ours like this really fun song and then like the gong of the clock tower starts going off and there's this powerful like bums bums with the music and then the smoke comes out i wanted so bad because it's like the town realizing like we are not going to stand for this bullshit we are going to fight this curse and we're going to win the fact that it just ends with them covered in smoke when they could have had a Les Mis moment of as the fog is coming at them of like, like them singing belts, like the whole town belting their face off of like, we are not like, like this new beginning is ours. And then boom, blackout end of episode. Like that powerful, like, we're not going to stand for this. Like, oh, such a good opportunity to have like that Les Mis moment. So like, are you thinking a one day more? Yes. Like the- one day like that that right epic yeah okay exactly exactly because like the whole point of that song is to be like because like uh the evil queen like one of her lines is like let villains cast their curses like this happy beginning is ours like this is ours like let them take that let them stand for that but the fact that it literally is just like a blow some black smoke up their ass and the episode's over Okay, John, John. Okay, okay, John. Sorry, I'm coming in real hot. I've been carrying this anger since 2017. <laughs> John, I want you to go back and rewatch okay. the whole episode <laughs> and then tell me if you think that their voices are strong enough to do <laughs> that epic finale that you're talking about. Well, it's... <laughs> My favorite is one of the interviews, like prepping up for the musical episode, uh, Jared Gilmore, who plays young Henry, um, they ask him if he sings and they're like, they only let me sing one line. And he sings only in the finale. And you can tell he cannot really sing because he's just like, there's no way we can fall. And it's so poorly sung. And when I heard that over, like when I watched it the other day, I was like, oh my God, this poor kid, like, I'm sure he may have been begging for a song and they were like, we can only afford five words from him because he's not going to sing those right. Well, so I don't know if you noticed, but in the in A Happy Beginning, the last song of the episode, mm-hmm. you've got the entire cast, mm-hmm. you know, the principals, the secondary, the tertiary characters, and then you have dancers and then background extras and all that, right? right. So there's probably what, like a hundred people there, maybe 150? Yeah. yeah. Or less, but it seems like that. A lot the of people o- on one roof. The only ones that are moving their mouths are the cast. Mm-hmm. 
the dancers are not singing. No. They're dancing. And then the extras are not singing along. Also, if I was at, if it was my wedding and I saw just a bunch of randos that I was like, you know, I don't really know Susan, but she works at my office. I'm going to invite her to my (laughs) wedding. And then I saw her being lifted in the air while I just got married. I would be so mad. But would you want to be the one lifted in the air? Always. Okay, yes. (laughs) I always want to be the one lifted in the air. Oh, poor Susan. She was just having fun. (laughs) She's stealing the thunder. I did write in my notes, by the way. So, Mm. love don't stand a chance to go back. The evil queen realizes that uh, there's the curse and everything. And she sees other townsfolk. Not townsfolk. Because they're not... Well, the, other, the, other, the other fairy tale characters. The other fairy tale characters are singing along. And mm-hmm. there's Granny there, you know, singing. And then all of a sudden, like, she goes and, like, destroys their day by, like, mm-hmm. busting reality. And she rips up Granny's knitting project. And I just wrote, not the knitting! <laughs> <laughs> See, all what? I kept thinking was, I don't think that would rip like that. It wouldn't. That's, that it was wouldn't. my thing. <laughs> it would not. As a, as a knitter, it would not knit, rip like that. Good fucking luck. Unless you My other thing, there. the very start of that, when she's like, right before she starts singing, when she's like, oh, so the Charmings think they're power enough to destroy me. Um, and then like her two knights, her two guards are standing behind her getting ready to backup dance her. And then she twists her <laughs> hand and snaps both of their necks and kills them. And I'm like, those are your employees. Like, <laughs> those aren't those aren't Charming and Snow. You just murdered two of your own. She can bring them back to life. She's magic. I don't think she, I don't think necromancy. Yeah, like they have to go down to the underworld and defeat Hades at one point, <gasps> because the only person who's ever successfully died and been brought back was Hook. Oh, oh, good. They. Oh wait, no, they did Hercules. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was gonna be like, oh, good. They went to Greek mythology. No, no, no. Disney no. has Hercules. They did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you mentioned earlier though that like they would retroactively course correct things Mm -hmm. would you say that like when they go back to the fairy tale land that's what they're doing this episode well it's they they really uh edward kittis and adam horowitz started as writers on lost and so they (laughs) so like that whole that whole lost setup of like we have a we have a current timeline and then we have flashbacks telling another like telling the b story they carried that over into this world so throughout the entire show throughout the entire series it's always like because in the first season it makes more sense because they're in like modern world storybrook with no magic and then they're flashbacking to the magical world of the the enchanted forest and so that's what was happening but as the series continued it was just like showing other background things so it like that that was just a common trope that they had in the series itself but i mean for this episode specifically because like i mean i remember in season one it it leads up to the marriage of snow and charming and then they have emma and Mm -hmm. i'm just like okay how else can you 
Where else can you go back in time and right, right? Fix well, and, well, in the yeah, no, exactly, exactly. I agree because it's because this happens. I guess this would happen plot line wise, maybe a couple of months before the, or maybe it's right before. I'm not really sure, but it's it's really close to where Charming and Emma, like where Emma's being born. It's got to be mm-hmm. close to that. Yeah, because she's totally uh, snows, totally preggers mm-hmm, with mm-hmm. Uh, Emma and. <laughs> and then the blue fairy comes in and it's like no one will remember this <laughs> <laughs> yeah the the convenience of like oh how will she know well we just gotta hope she knows and it's like that's <laughs> that's not convenient at all <laughs> this is called a deus ex machina <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh good grief you picked this, by the way. I know, I know. Well, as soon as I started watching it, I was like, I am shattering. I'm just pulling out the Jenga pieces from my <laughs> from my thoughts of this show. And I'm watching the whole tower crumble before my eyes. Out of everything, you picked this one. <laughs> I mean, I'm happy that you picked it because now it's done and I nobody else can pick it. But like, <laughs> you did this. I today. know, I know. <laughs> God. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to pick something. Uh, if I'm ever, if I'm ever welcomed back into your airwaves, I'll have to pick something with uh, that. I actually am like, no, this cannot destroy anything. <laughs> this cannot destroy my love for this. <laughs> well, uh, let's get into section I like to call sharp and flat. Shall we? Yes, let's so- do it. Sharp, flat. So we talked a lot about this episode, this hour, 45 minute long, 40, mm-hmm. some 42 minutes or whatever yeah. episode of television. And we're going to highlight some more moments or what, what we've talked about. If we liked it, it's sharp. And if we didn't like it, it's flat. What are your sharps, if you have any? Um, I think the sharps are the fun that the cast had. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's so true. They were having some fun. Mm-hmm. I I will say I think the orchestrations are sharp. Mm-hmm. Um, I I I did think for a while. I this is part of my. This may jump more into your later section about our life's playlist. This is in my life's playlist. Um, I do listen to these songs frequently. Um, oh, okay. that's my big embarrassing admission. I do occasionally pop this on when I'm cleaning my house. Because uh, it's just a lot of fun, but the lyrics are not as good as I remember them being. I mean, that there was... are there are some bops. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I think "Revenge" is gonna be mine. Definitely a, sh- a sharp. The staging, staging for everything is a massive worse. What's worse than a flat? <laughs> oh, the brown note. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the yeah, all of those. Yeah, staging brown note. Well, that kind of reminded me of. Um... Oh fuck! What's it called in Beauty and the Beast? Uh, Gaston. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind when of. I I got a lot of I got a lot of Queen vibes off of that song. Like uh-huh. I like there were just certain things about like the the chord progressions and everything that I was like, this is giving me some Queen oh, vibes. No, I meant more of like they're in the tavern and they're. Oh yeah, yeah. Of course, the, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Gaston, but with pirates. Yeah, exactly. Like. Yeah, definitely, definitely. That's a that's a sharp. I do love "Revenge" is going to be mine. I do. I really love the Queen song. I okay. I, I know. I know. It's <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> like love doesn't stand a chance. Like it's like Lana Prilla is having the time of her life uh, with her hand choreography. That is, it's uh, it's a lot. It's a lot. But it's a lot of fun to watch her. She gave me uh, Suicide Squad vibes of uh, Doctor Moon when uh, when she's possessed and she's like twerking and jerking. That was that's <laughs> I have those vibes watching this. Yeah, um, Wicked always wins. The Wicked Witch of the West song is is kind of fun. I thought the staging was abhorrent when I was watching it. What the fuck was going? What, like, were those Munchkins? Yeah, I believe so. But they, okay. I was like the number of times that it was like. Let this person sing and everyone around them is just going to sit and watch or like barely interact with them. And then because like Emma's theme, the fact that the Black Fairy stood there and didn't do anything while Emma is like singing her heart out and like touching, you know, her also her kissing Hook when Hook is like comatose frozen in the office. I was like, hashtag me too here because he is not asking for this right now. And that goes in line though with Snow White's story and all the other that's, fairy tale princesses. Oh, okay, Ooh. that's symmetry. Oh, I like that. I just, I just thought of that too. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. I okay, I rescind that. I rescind that statement. <laughs> but I will say the fact that she's sitting there singing like this. Oh, I am singing a song, and the the black fairy who's supposed to be like the black fairy is just standing there menacingly watch her sing, and I was like, this is so like who the hell staged this stupid this oh so mm-hmm. mad so for me it took me a minute to find sharps because <laughs> i was just like there were just too many to decide from well so the the whole episode it's not a sharp it's not a flat it's a natural i'm not gonna lie the whole app ep- the whole episode i'm just like hey mm-hmm. it's a it's a thing it happened mm-hmm I did like the meta-ness, though, of the episode, where mm. they knew that they were singing, and the callback that uh, Regina has, where she's like, time, you know, when I was evil, and you can mm-hmm. see that she's, like, still, uh, uh, like, getting her uh, repenting over mm-hmm. everything that she's done. Yeah. Um, and then I also really liked Colin O'Donoghue. Like, yeah. Don't don't know the him from anything, you know. Never saw the show before, but he like stole the the show mm-hmm. this episode. Yeah, I think I think if you're gonna if you've not watched this episode before, and we have not convinced you to watch this episode <laughs> after this conversation, YouTube YouTube that song. Revenge is going to be mine. Yeah, um, and have yourself a fun little time watching some pirates very poorly stage around a really really talented. Colin Donahue, O'Donahue, sing. O'Donahue. 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 Uh, what are your flats for this episode? Um, <laughs> see, we're coming. This is where we should have started, John, because I could go on for many, many years with this now. The finale, as I yeah, well, you're talking 10 about. minutes ago. Which, um, I'm, I'm not going to lie, though. If they had that, that would be pretty epic. Yeah. That may have would have saved the episode. Am I if that, you... Well, I remember I remember watching it the first time and being like, that was it. And then listening to the music, because if you listen to the song without the 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 visual, 
it's like it ends and it and it ends with like a powerful crescendo of the orchestra and i'm like if you just had the vocals with that that's all you would freaking need I mean, and it would be killer i mean you wouldn't have to have any words you could just have them sing ah and right. have like you know as like a battle cry with their faces right. like ah right. yeah exactly exactly what a way of going out um but uh i'm going to say lyrics were flat <laughs> Which okay. I'm really disappointed. I'm never going to be able to. I, uh, I shouldn't have done this. Because now every time I listen to this music, I'm going to be like, man, I'm so disappointed. <laughs> um, I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I ruined it for you. <laughs> you gave me what I wanted and now I'm mad about it. <laughs> um, hey, you, you picked it though. So. <laughs> um, what else is flat? Um. Uh, staging staging is so effing flat i think i not to jump back to sharp but i I do think the premise is sharp i think the idea of it yeah i mean for the um the fact that they had the idea back in season three i mean i feel like i feel like they could have gotten away with what like riverdale does where Mm -hmm. if they have like maybe a um diet musical where Mm -hmm. there's like three songs yeah or even they, if they did what, like, um, Pushing Daisies has musical moments throughout. It's not a musical, but it has occasionally Kristen Chenoweth will right. start singing a song. And it's, it, it, it's so seamless. And you may go four or five episodes without her doing anything musical. But then when it happens, it, it's like a pleasant little, you know, treat that shows up. You're so like, I think Ooh. you could have done that throughout this. Um, yeah. Because yeah. I, I, the show does call for it. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna lie, like yeah. the whole premise and everything. Yeah. I agree. I agree with like this episode where it should have happened. Mm-hmm. How it happened, I don't agree with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think I think especially because another one of my all-time favorite musical television stuffs is Gallivant, and I think that is a perfect that showcase that show showcases the successes where Once Upon a Time failed. Because it's mm-hmm. both of them are like in this fairy taleish type of world. I mean, Galavan is obviously comedy, and Once Upon a Time is is a drama and a soap opera. But like in terms of how they handle the music, and it's very clear that 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 show has like musical theater minded people involved in the production, and right. these people are like, oh, let's get the football coach to direct the high school <laughs> musical. What could possibly go wrong? my flats though i hated with such a passion that i don't know where it came from obviously (laughs) i had no emotional attachment to this but i hated how the wicked witch of the west's hair and makeup look Mm. because you have this woman who's a redhead Mm -hmm. and you put green on her skin which they're not good does not work together Mm -hmm. and the green that they use is so dark that i'm just like where's where's things when it's the second she was put on screen people complained because it looks and i cannot remember it's been so long since i've since i did the deep dive on this when i was an uber fan but i want to say part of that green makeup is cgi'd which also explains why there are some issues there you if I'm, stop. if I'm, I very well could be mistaken there, but it, it, yeah, the, the makeup is not, yeah, I agree. No, yeah. Cause red and green are complementary colors, which like mm-hmm. are good together. But in the case of 
you know, on a face, it doesn't really mm-hmm. work. I also hated uh, the Wicked Queen's costume and hair really? in this episode. I, I've always loved the Evil Queen's costumes. I love Zelina, the Wicked Witch's costumes. The, the female villains... I've always loved the costumes. I don't know what it was. I can't, I think it, it, I don't know if it was the hair, if it was the fact that it was like wannabe, like punk short skirt, but like. It was a little dominatrix. There was something going on with the evil queen that Mm. I was just like, it is not working. (laughs) It's just off. You know, she's got the short skirt with leggings or skinny pants or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, "Mm, one or the other? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I think that's Uh, why they were really leaning into, like, the the David Bowie, like, we're going to go, like, real rock and roll-y with this. Yeah, I'm, I'm, like, I know that uh, they do weird hairstyles for her Mm -hmm. as the Wicked Queen. They do like to do a lot of, like what looked like a f- candle flame, you know, mm. whatever, going yeah. up. But like, I was just like, not this episode. You need something. <laughs> you need something. And I don't know what it was, but I, I just had a very visceral, like, no! <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's fair enough. I can, I can, I can accept that. <laughs> uh, would you add any of these songs to your life's playlist? Like I said, they're all in there. Although they may they may shuffle to the bottom now after after well, rediving into this show, revenge is going to be mine. Like put that in the middle. Okay, yeah, that's fair. That's, that's fair. I I liked that one. Mm-hmm. I couldn't get behind Wicked Always Wins. Although I mean I don't know the rest of the songs. Again, I don't know what was going on. If it was if it's me, if it was the talent, if it was the song itself. But mm-hmm. I was just like something's not right, and then. You know, it kind of worked for Revenge is Going to Be Mine. But the rest of them, I'm just like, yeah. mm, not really. <laughs> I really, I really do like Powerful Magic. I like, it's like, it's very epic. The, the It's very corny. It's very corny. So stupid. But like Josh Dallas and Jennifer Goodwin sing the hell out of that song. And <laughs> it's, I, I don't know. I, I will say... Give it a shot listening to it without watching the videos. <laughs> okay, yeah. that I mean, usually that's how I like to grade these things for this, mm-hmm. that question. You know, if I'm on the subway or like wherever where I don't have the visual, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I, I'll give it a shot. I will I'll say, no I will say uh, the only song I do not have on my playlist is Emma's theme. <laughs> oh, shit. Because that one, listening to her head voice... And the funny thing was, is all the all the things like leading up to like all those promos, they really built up her song and like built up her performance of it. And I, when I saw it, I was like, she's just head voicing this whole thing, and it's so weak and thin. I was like, who did they think this woman was? This is it? This is, this is what you guys got? You yeah, Nat- Natalie Wood that shit and get somebody else. <laughs> Oh my god. And on that note, we've come to the end of the episode. John, is there anything you want to like plug or promote or um you? I'd like to plug my new uh, album of ludicrous covers coming out. Um <laughs> but uh <laughs> it's I'm called gonna, John's Fantasy. I'm just uh, going to throw my wallet at you and <laughs> take my money. 
just throw it hard enough to just hit me between the eyes so I might actually <laughs> enjoy doing something like that. <laughs> But um, uh, the only thing I would say to plug would be uh, I host a, a storytelling podcast uh, called Anecdotal Dote. And uh, every week I have on it's uh, it's either me telling my embarrassing, ridiculous stories or I bring on people that I know, um, most of whom are theater people. Um, and we've had some really cool people. We've had people from off Broadway. We've had people from all over the country. Uh, we've had a couple of um, people with Wikipedia pages and imdbs um, we had somebody who was in the avengers films uh, she was also a cast member on the office um she was on that was really cool um so yeah give that a give that a check out and you will be on uh an upcoming episode in our uh, what's coming up on our fifth season john so we're excited Yay! to have you on for that. <laughs> but yeah anecdotal dote that's uh, i look forward to my episode <laughs> I have I have a st- my my story that I'm gonna say we haven't recorded it yet. My story I'm gonna say though, oh boy, <laughs> get ready. Oh, I'm so excited. Um, <laughs> and if you wanna give us your thoughts and feelings on Once Upon a Time, I mean, clearly there's somebody out there who has to love it, like is still a diehard fan of it. I hope. I hope. Ooh. I can't be the only one left. So if you're out there, <laughs> please. Uh, feel free to email me at buttersongpod at gmail.com. I'm also on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at buttersongpod. Tell us how wrong we were about things. <laughs> or write, agree with us, or correct us. I'm looking for corrections, guys. Uh, and if you want to be part of the next episode, I'm going to be talking about the wonderful world of Disney movie called Polly. Oh, I don't know that one. It's a Pollyanna story oh, set God. set in the South, and it's a, a oh, black no. girl playing Polly, and there's racism. <gasps> <laughs> well, if that's not a reason to tune in next week, I don't know what is. I don't know what is at all. <laughs> all right, everyone, that's it. John, why don't we go to the Enchanted Forest and find a bluebird that can make us sing our lives? <laughs> Only if they make me sing ludicrous. Only ludicrous. <laughs> Bye for now, everyone. Special thanks to Justin Johnson for creating the podcast's artwork and to Nick Bombasino for composing the theme song and the jingles in this podcast. And thank you to Castbox for hosting this podcast. Bye again, everyone, and have a musical day. <laughs>